0: Thank you, praise team. Awesome job. I, I think that second song we sang, uh, of uh, graves to gardens, is one of my favorite songs recently. I love it because it proclaims uh, the power of God. He can do anything. So, hey, uh, Last week we talked about and He prayed. I want to talk to you today about and He prayed again. So. Uh, I want to ask you a question before we start. What were you doing, yesterday was a great day by the way, but what were you doing 31 years ago yesterday? I can tell you what I was doing, I can tell you exactly what I was doing at 5.04 p.m. 8.04 p.m. here in Florida. I was cleaning my car. We lived in Vallejo, California. And, and I was cleaning my car, and I, and I was on the passenger side, and I was uh, scrubbing the carpet because at that time I had little kids, and with little kids come Cheerios and milk and all of that stuff. So I was cleaning the carpet, and I thought somebody was behind my car, just shoving it back and forth. And I remember looking underneath my arm, and I watched the pavement roll. The Loma Prieta earthquake, the one that did so much uh, catastrophic event that, uh, that took down the Bay Bridge, took down the MacArthur Maze, it, it was devastating to the San Francisco Bay Area. I just moved there in August, then on October 17th, 5.04 p.m., God said, welcome. Uh, it was amazing, but you know the thing is, there it, it was the Battle of the Bay going on. It was the San Francisco Giants and the Oakland A's in the World Series, so they had to travel like five miles to get to the other the, to the other person's uh, arena. And I was thinking about that. There was so much. Uh, conflict between if you're an A's fan or you're a Giants fan, and and there was a lot of political upheaval during that time, and there were a lot of things in life in the Bay Area that that pitted one person against another. But at 5.04 p.m. on that October 17th, it changed all of that. I mean, I have video. We went over to the city after it happened, and you couldn't go across the Bay Bridge. You had to go across the Golden Gate or go down, way down, and go to to the San Mateo Bridge and, and go across. But when you made it into the city, it literally looked like a war zone. But what was amazing is people came together. And for that one moment in time, there was no division. There were were no people saying, well, I can't help you because you're of one political party and I'm of another, or you're of one race and I'm of another. There were people helping people. And and it was at that moment and at that point in time, through this um, um, event that changed the Bay Area, and it was during that catastrophic event, God used it. I believed to, and people came together. It was that one moment in time that I can remember in the Bay Area where everybody was one. And I, I look at our at our world today, and I don't think we're one. I don't think that many people feel like we are one. We, we say we're one nation under God, but we may be one nation under God, but there are many voices. And, and I, we've been talking about the story of Elijah. And Elijah was living in a time similar to that where, where the nation of Israel, the ten tribes, had, had moved away from God. And they, were, and they were following Baal and they were following other gods that, that in hopes that they would lead them into a, a time of blessing. And they had left God. they had left Yahweh and they were trusting in Baal to supply everything for life. Notice it was a, a, a drought came Now it just didn't happen. The drought was there because Elijah was told by God to pray and when Elijah began to pray the drought happened and God said, Elijah, I want you to pray that there will be no rain for three and a half years. And Elijah prayed and there was no rain for three and a half years. But it was a, there was a reason why there was no rain for three and a half years. God was not punishing the whole world. God was not punishing everybody. God was trying to get his people's attention. God was in in an effort to get his people back to focusing on him. I, I sometimes wonder, and I'm just, I'm just speculating, I'm not, I am not uh, saying this is written in stone, but I wonder sometimes if, if some of the events that we're seeing not only in our culture but around the world and, and, and a variety of different things that are happening in our world that are bringing fear and that are bringing Uh, questioning and doubt and worry. I wonder if it's God trying to wake up his people to realize that they can't lean on anything else other than him to provide. You say, well, what what do you mean? I think the church has always followed God. I I, I kind of would disagree with that a little bit. And if you're watching online, hello. I forgot to mention that. I think you guys are great and terrific. Um, people here in the congregation this is this is this is the the most beautiful congregation you 've ever seen. these are just good looking people, and they 're smart too so but I do believe that the church in America has relied on on other things to provide what God alone can provide. I believe that the church in America has a, relied upon uh Teachings on prosperity to to believe that that God answers prosperity through through the teaching and and I believe that the church has has relied upon consumerism that that we have become a a mixed church that we uh, that we do things and add things to attract people because we are a consumer nation and we are consumer driven. I think sometimes we we. We look at legalism, and we've relied on legalism as a set set of rules that we can live by. And if we follow those rules, then we're okay because uh, because we have accomplished, and we've had that 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 list of things that we can just check off. And never once do we ever enter into a very the presence of God and have a relationship with Him. I think sometimes and not us because we're practically perfect but uh, others uh, others have have relied upon grace and they and I love the grace of God if it wasn't for the grace of God where would we be but but I know that there are teachings and I and I may be stepping on your toes and I apologize no I don't Um, there 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 are teachings about grace, that grace alone is, is, is sufficient and all you have to do is believe there's no, there's no change in your life, there's nothing that you need to do, that, that if you trust in God that you can just live the life that you've always wanted to live and, and do the things you've always done and God's going to save you. But the scripture says that holiness counts. Holiness is is precious in God's sight. And and, and I believe in grace. I don't want you to go around and say, uh, he doesn't believe in grace. I believe in the grace of God, that, that which we receive from him, which we do not deserve. But I also believe that the scripture says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And when grace really gets your life when grace gets a hold of your life, you won't want to do the same things that you have always done. Paul said they're gonna wonder why you don't run with them to the same excess that you used to. Why would he say that? Because when grace gets a hold of you, the presence and power of God gets in you, and it transforms your mind, and it transforms your heart, and it transforms your very being, and you begin to be molded and shaped in the fashion that God wants you and the things you used to do you don't want to do anymore I believe in grace but I d- believe in the transforming power of the grace of God I, th- I think sometimes I know this is this is a tough one to believe okay so just be ready you can hold on to the to the to in front of you if you want but I believe that there ha- are some Christians that have relied upon politics to accomplish what God alone can accomplish I think some Christians not us not us, I'm just trying to get that but I've heard that there are some Christians that are more concerned about who wins the White House than they are about dealing with the spiritual issues in our world and you say well we have a lot of issues yes we do let me name a few of them for you racism racism is not a cultural issue racism is a spiritual issue the Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself you show me a culture that has racism and I'll show you a culture that needs to get back to God abortion God that gives life, it's a spiritual issue. You show me a nation that endorses and embraces the killing of innocent lives and I will show you a nation that needs the grace of God infused in their culture. Anarchy. The Bible says without a vision, without a purpose, people cast off restraint. You never you never see in scripture where God's people rise up and begin to fight. It's God's people. Bible, the Bible says that we need to pray for those that are in authority over us and we pray for those that are around us. So if you look at it, From that perspective, I I am here to say today that that the issues that we face in life, whether it is racism, abortion, anarchy, or anything else, their root is, is a spiritual issue, and it can only be fixed through the power of God. The reason why we have them, it's because it's the church, not the world. Sometimes we, as Christians, we look at the world and say, look at those guys over there, those gals over there. But the reality is, they've never had God. They've never known God. It's the church that needs to return to God. It's the church that needs to wake up and say, these things are spiritual issues, and God is calling us back to a spiritual walk in relationship with Him. And when God's church wakes up and realizes that that the issues of this life cannot be transformed any other way but through prayer and through a dedication to God. And when God's people wake up and begin to pray and call on Him, that's when you're going to see a change like you've never seen. If we want change, we must return to God because He supplies the answers. Notice that in Elijah, Elijah prayed for three and a half years that, that there would be a drought, and, and the drought was to provoke God's people. Sometimes I, I wonder about the circumstances that we face in life today, and I'm wondering if, if the circumstances that we're facing are God's way to try to get his church, his body, to wake up to the issues of this life. Sometimes we have to go through these circumstances Remember Paul and Silas and Paul has a Macedonian call that says, come over here and help me. So he goes over in the will of God and, and, and he gets beat and thrown into prison. Paul had to go through that. Sometimes God's people have to go through difficult times and droughts just because he's trying to wake up everybody. And here, here's the amazing thing. Just like Elijah, there have been many Christians. I know this church is... Praying for revival within the church. There are many Christians for years have been praying for revival. And Elijah prayed for God. He prayed for God's strength to show himself strong. He prayed that God's people would turn back to him. And and I believe today where the church in America is waking up. Uh, If you want to use a, a popular term, I believe the church is woke to the understanding that without God, nothing is possible, but with God, all things are possible. I believe that there are people within the church, there are Christians that I talk to on a daily basis that have been praying, that have been seeking God, that have set aside all of the the, the ways that they have tried to make changes in this world and they have realized that it is, is God and God alone that can bring change. It's God and God alone. And it's when they and, and, and Christians like them wake up and begin to pray and begin to call on God, that's when great things happen. I believe that we are in a moment that, that dependency on God is what we're looking for. And and I do believe that we are ready for it. And here's what, here's what I want to talk to you about today. After, after Elijah prayed that there would be no drought and, and there are no rain and there was a drought for three and a half years, it brought Israel to a point of desperation. And they had a showdown between The gods that they were relying on, Baal and Yahweh, the God that that provided all that was their true God. And and as they had this showdown, God showed himself strong and the prophets of Baal were destroyed and they were killed and, and Israel turned back to God. And then God speaks to Elijah and he says this, Elijah... I want you to go pray and I want you to pray because there's going to be an abundance of rain like you have never seen I personally believe today and this is this is my own belief you don't have to believe it you could be wrong I believe it's time to pray again for rain I believe that there are many people, many Christians in this country today that, that understand where we are. They understand that it doesn't matter who's elected or who's not elected. They understand that it doesn't matter which laws are passed or which laws aren't passed. They, they understand that it's not who sits in the seat of authority of man, but who sits on the throne in heaven which is God and they understand that they can boldly go before the throne of grace and make a difference that there is a change coming and that they are awake and they are they are uh, of mind and of spirit that they understand that there is a rain coming I believe that we need another Acts 2 outpouring of the Spirit of God in our culture, in our lives, in the church, outside the church. I believe we need the presence of God to fill this nation. We need another Acts 2. We need another great awakening. We need another second great awakening. We need another Welsh revival where thousands upon thousands of souls were were saved and nations were turned toward God. We need a time right now where God's people are awake to the reality that without him, we can do nothing but with him All things are possible, and we need need God's people to begin to pray like you've never prayed. We need God's people to stand up and say, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat, I'm a child of the living God. That's as close to being political as I'm going to get. It's time. It's time to pray for rain. I noticed that all of these revivals in Acts 2 and the Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, the Welsh Revival, and other revivals that have happened in America were all preceded by prayer. Every single one of them. I remember it because I'm I'm old enough to, to remember when Jimmy Carter was president. And I remember that time was pretty chaotic in the U.S. I remember gas lines and gas rationing and, and all of those, those things and, and, and there was a time in America where the church woke up and began to pray. And in the early 80s, the church in America had a revival. I came to Christ during that time. Many of my friends came to Christ during that time and it was because people woke up and began to pray the church where uh, I started going, the church where I met my wife. They had a 24-hour prayer service that went on from 10 o'clock on Wednesday to 10 o'clock on Thursday. And there there were churches that were praying 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Prayer was first and foremost. And, And as people began to pray, the windows of heaven were opened and people rushed into the body of Christ. And I believe it's time today that, that we need another awakening. We need another time of prayer because I believe the rain is coming. And I don't want to miss out on the rain. So you say, well, well, what do we need to do to have this type of prayer? And I'm so glad that you asked. And if you would turn, turn that slide, I want to read you a passage of scripture found in 1 Kings It's 41 through 45. And this is after the prophets of Baal were destroyed. He said, then Elijah said to Ahab, go and enjoy a good meal, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Now that's faith, isn't it? It hasn't rained in three and a half years. That'd be like telling the firefighters in California right now, hey, go to Denny's. Because the rain coming. You don't even have to worry about the fire anymore. Let's, Let's read on. So Ahab prepared a feast. He did what the prophet said. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and fell to the ground and prayed. Then he said to his servant, Go and look out toward the sea. And the servant went out and looked but he returned, let's go on, he returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything, so seven times Elijah told him to go and look, and seven times he went, and finally on the seventh time, his servant told him, I see a little cloud about the size of of a hand rising from the sea, then Elijah shouted, hurry! To Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't, if you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. Now think about this for a moment. Here, it hasn't rained in three and a half years. God speaks to Elijah and says, "Okay, my people um, are are looking toward me. I have their attention. They've removed all of the idols out of their life, and they're focused on me. I am now going to." Allow it to rain like you have never seen before. And he says, Elijah, I want you to go pray. And Elijah goes and prays, and he begins to pray. And I see three things in in that prayer that I want to look at briefly before we close. And the first is this that Elijah was praying in compliance with the will of God. He wasn't praying for things that God didn't want, he was praying for what God wanted. The Bible says in in the Lord's Prayer, if you remember, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe that there's a a point in our lives that we need to pray the will of God, that we need to understand that we are in compliance with what God wants, and we're praying for that. 1 Timothy 2 says this, I urge then, first of all, That request, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. Everyone. That's an inclusive word. That means everybody. There's no exceptions. That prayers, requests, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. For kings... And all those that are in authority. Can I speak? Can I meddle just for a moment? You know I'm going to. We are commanded. It's God's will. it's It's in compliance with the will of God that we pray for our leaders, no matter who they are. And we are to pray that God uses them, that God blesses them, that God strengthens in. Why? That we may live a peaceful and quiet life with all godliness and holiness. We are to pray for our leaders, basically, so that that they will leave us alone so we can serve God. The Bible says this is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Think about that for a moment, the will of God that he desires all people to be saved. That we are to pray and intercede for people. That we are to pray for this is the will of God. When, when Christ, right before his ascension, he says, go into all nations and preach the gospel. Why do we preach the gospel? Because it's the gospel that transforms lives. It's the gospel that that changes the heart. It's the gospel that brings people to God. It's the gospel that allows people to understand that they need a God, they need a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. And we're to pray we're to pray that all people everywhere come to that understanding. In if well I won't say it. We're moving on. Oh. We need to be in compliance with the will of God. Number 2 is this, we need to have faith in God's word. Not under just understand what God said, but do and believe what God said. See, it's important to understand. Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes about Jonah. And we talk about Jonah and, and how disobedient and everything he is, and he had to live three, and a, three days in the, in the belly of a fish. You know, he, ah, human sushi, man, that's bad. Uh, but can you, can you imagine having the relationship that Jonah had with God? You say, well, well he was disobedient. Yeah, but he heard from God understood what God said, and said, I am not going to do it. How many of us desire to hear from God and understand what God wants? The problem with Jonah is this. He didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. He believed it. He trusted in it. He just wasn't in compliance with the will of God. It not only takes being in compliance with the will of God, but it it takes a faith that if God has spoken it, it's going to come to pass. I do believe that, that God told Elijah to pray and that it wouldn't rain. Then he told him to pray again that it would rain. And I do believe that when we begin to pray the will of God and we believe in the word of God, there's something about that that faithful prayer of a righteous person that just accomplishes a lot. That, that when you not only understand what God wants, but you believe what God wants, and you begin to pray the will of God, amazing things begin to happen. Faith in God's word. Here's the last thing, and then I'm going to have the praise team come up. Is not only... Not only do we need to pray in compliance with the Word of God, not only do we need to have faith in the word of God that what God says is going to happen, we need to be persistent. 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 I always think of pesty, a little pest. being persistent. Luke 18, that Jesus was speaking, and he said, and he said. Uh, he told us a, a story, a parable, about a woman that that went to the judge every day and said, Judge, I need you to avenge me of my adversaries. I need you to help me. I have issues, and I need you to fix them. And and the judge wouldn't. He didn't care about her. He didn't care about anything, but, but she continued every single day day to ask him can you imagine every time you go to get in your car there's somebody there saying hey you need to help me and every time you get out to go to the grocery store they're right there hey you need to help me and and every time you try to go into church they're right there at the front door hey you need to help me and you try to sneak around the back but they figured it out and they're there too and they say hey you need to help me. Everywhere you go, no matter where you go, this lady was following this judge saying, you've got to avenge me of my adversaries. You've got to help me. You're the only one that can help me. And she was persistent. And Jesus said this, you need to learn a lesson from this judge. Because the judge said, it's not because I even agree with her. And it's not because that, that I'm doing it out of my own goodness. It's because I am so sick and tired of seeing her every single day of my life and she is bothering me. I can't get any rest. I'm going to give her what she wants. And Jesus said this, even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who plead with him day and night. His chosen people that plead with him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? Jesus said this. He said, I'm going to tell you. He will grant justice to them quickly. 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 Persistent. Persistence in prayer, just because you don't see it happening doesn't mean it's not going to. If you're praying according to the will of God and you, and you are trusting in the word of God, where he says, uh, seek me first and, and all other things will be added. If you're, if you're looking at scripture And the scripture is telling you that you can trust in God, that he never leaves you nor forsakes you, that he is a friend that stays closer than a brother. And you're praying, God, I I need you to show yourself strong on my behalf. God, I need you to deliver my family. God, I need you to deliver uh, my neighbors. God, I need you to, to save my nation. God, I need you to do the amazing if you keep persisting if you keep pushing if you keep praying if you keep seeking if you keep going before the throne of God and saying God I have a need God I need you to provide I know that you're the provider I know that you're the healer I know that you're the one that blesses I know that you're the one that forgives I know you're the one that that you redeem that you bring back from the dead God I need you And if you continue to push and you continue to pray, God is going to show up. Would you stand with me for a moment? In days gone by, this is where you would have an altar call. But we're going to follow COVID rules a little while I want you to I want you to think about something that's been in your life something you need and you know it's the will of God because it's in the word of God You to, to bring it back. Sometimes we pray for things and we forget to continue to pray for them. Or sometimes we 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 pray for things and 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 because God doesn't answer in the time frame that we think He should, that we just chalk it up to error and we set it aside. When uh, when my youngest daughter moved here Was 2007? Somewhere in that area. 2007, 2008. And she was working here. Nancy and I came out here to help her find a church and a local grocery store and all of those things that parents do. And we drove by this church I had never seen this church in my life. And I drove by and said, look how many red bricks there are in that building. And we drove around and nobody was here. And we, we thought, well, this might be a good place for her to go. And for some reason, we were setting out on the back parking lot in our car. And we prayed a prayer. We said, Lord, if you ever want us to pastor here, you open the door and we'll walk through it and we drove off and some 10 years later that door opened and God shoved us through it and I remember walking on this platform the week after Thanksgiving walking up on this platform and when I walked up here I felt the presence of God say, this is where I want you to be. Just because prayers aren't answered immediately doesn't mean that God is not answering prayers. Be persistent in what you're asking. Seek him with everything in you and allow God to to orchestrate and give you beauty for ashes and and turn your your grave into a garden and and, and turn that, that, that pile of bones into an army. God does amazing things. Be persistent. Would you pray with me?